Hey guys, it's me, DDP, and I want to let you guys know that I'll be on my good buddy Andrew Pope's new podcast called Picking It Out with a Bang. See ya. It's just another podcast called Picking It Out. It's another podcast. <laughs> Gonna be picking it out. Yeah, we got the brother with the diamond cutter in the house. Yeah, we're gonna be picking it out. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Old school stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. You know me. Well, my name is Andrew Pope, and I appreciate y'all tuning in to Picking It Out once again. And, uh, man, we got a we got a hell of a guest on this week. Known this guy for a few years. Uh, man, WWE Hall of Famer, WCW, anybody that, you know, knows anything about pro wrestling. Uh, like I do, knows who this old boy is here. Mr. Diamond Dallas Page. What's up, Hoss? You, buddy. You, I'm, I'm just changing the world, bro. I One believe person that. at a time. One person at a time. You sure are, man. Man, I'm I'm so glad that the DDPY has picked up like it has. It kicked my ass. You remember that, don't you? <laughs> oh baby repetition is the mother of learning and that doesn't matter if you're working out picking a guitar singing the song you know it's all the same shit it all comes down to reps you know whatever whatever work you put into it is what you get out of it that's right man the worst part was right after we did that workout your video guy came in there and he's got a microphone. He's talking to me and I can't freaking breathe. He's like, man, what'd you think of that? <laughs> he's like, what'd you think of that? I'm like, well, man, my heart's, my heart's racing. Man, it, felt, man, it felt good. <laughs> I'd love to see that video. Nathan, I think is his name, man. That was so cool. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you kicked my ass yeah, with that thing. Uh, it, ain't, it ain't for, it ain't for sissies. That's for sure. You know? But you also, you, you friggin', I, I gave you modifications, bro. You just didn't take them, uh, you, you um, know, and that, yeah, that's where that, uh, that, 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 that big little word EGO steps in. So if you didn't take my modifications, hell man, my, my workouts start off in bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like if you do. can't get out of bed. I got three workouts for you, you know? That's right. So, I make them as easy as hell. I make them as easy as you will. Your ego will allow you to make them. That's true. I mean, really, you y'all get that DDPY app. It's got every level from beginner, like he said, can't get out of bed to standing with chair. You know, if you if your balance is not really good, uh, you can have a chair kind of use it as a prop. I mean, and on into the advanced stuff, which I ain't even looked at. 
Sorry, Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got you, there. You know what's really good though? If you if you learn how to use the chair, you can do really any workout. It's just letting yourself use it, yeah. and that's where that ego steps in. But the people who do, man, they have incredible change, you know, incredible changes. So, um, so did you get to see my new documentary? Oh hell yeah, Relentless man, that was such a hell of a of a film. I left a review on Amazon on that. Uh, man, it was oh, pretty, I appreciate it. It was really inspiring. I mean, you, to me, you've always been inspiring. You know, what you did to help Jake and and Scott and so many people. Mick Foley told me that you, you know, helped him with it. Um, it's just amazing, dude. I mean, you really helped a lot of people through a lot of bad shit, you know, that a lot of people would be afraid of and just kind of ride them off. You, you never wrote them off. You know, that's, that's one of the beauties of having Relentless on the same platform as The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. They're both on uh, Amazon Prime now. So when you go see one, it recommends the other, you know. And I really recommend people watch Resurrection of Jake the Snake if you ain't seen that. But that's super powerful. And just the transformation that Jake goes through. And I tell everybody, I'm like, my shit ain't just working out, man. My shit's all about the mental shit. That's why I've had such good luck helping a lot of disabled veterans. Yeah. You know, just veterans in general. You know, that PTSD, the mental drama can be way worse than the physical drama. You know, and because, um, you know, our that new book I wrote, Positively Unstoppable, is all about the art of owning it. You know, owning the story you tell yourself you know, the, the, that six inch piece of real estate between your ears, you know, the shit that allows you to write really cool country songs, but also gives you the memory to repeat them. Well, on your way to doing it, you know, man, you are, you're in the entertainment business. Ain't nobody handed you a, you know, a spot where, you know, all of a sudden this is coming easy to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like Bob Seger, I remember, and I say this all the time about my wrestling career and my DDP yoga career. Um, it's an eight year overnight success. You know, it took eight years before I went, wow, man, you guys just came out of nowhere. No, I was there the whole time. You just yeah. didn't, you just didn't see me work my ass off. And a lot of people did see it. And that's why it got so big in wrestling and in with, with my whole DDPY program, just more and more people. It is keep more and more and more people have crazy transformations. So, and again, the workout, the eating plan, that's 10% of the equation. The 90% is between your ears, you know, the story you tell yourself. And that was, that's what relentless is all about, you know, because I financed this whole thing myself. You know, I, I didn't use other people's money to develop what I have. I use my own. And when you use your own money, there's a whole different level of commitment. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, what was that place we ate at that you took me to in Atlanta or Smyrna? Real, was, was it uh, the subs place, the real, uh, the organic real food place? Was yeah, that yeah. It? Where the soda and everything. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Everything, you know, everything that guy's got is organic, you know. And if you, if you like, I eat gluten free, a, a choice. I don't do it because I have a celiac disease or something like that. I do it because I feel 15 years younger. And when you're going to turn 65, hmm. that's a big deal, you know. And uh, I, my body feels like there's days where I feel beat the <laughs> beat the fuck up, you know. Oh, there yeah. are days, but it's mainly because I probably push myself too hard. Yeah, you know, I'm, I was doing what a 20 year or 30 year old man would be doing, and and not that I couldn't do it, it's I did it too long. <laughs> so you know, then I start feeling beat up again, and then I go right back to my regimen. You know, ice in my body. I always eat really good and healthy like we did that day. And uh, my buddy, you know, he, he's got the first sub shop that's 100% organic, you know, which means there's no pesticides on the food you're eating. And pretty much 99.9% .9 of our population eat pesticides all day. That's yeah, you know? really crazy. I didn't even realize the depth of all that. Until you told me to, I think you sent me a link or something to Food Inc. Man, yep, Food Food Inc. and Genetic Roulette. That's right. Yeah, they will they will enlighten you mm -hmm. if you Food Inc. I believe won the Oscar in two thousand seven, and Genetic Roulette didn't win an Oscar, but it the most informative documentary out there when it comes to what they did to our food mm -hmm. like if you go back and let's just take real life stuff and there's a lot of people listening to your podcast who are music people yeah ain't nobody don't know who leonard skinner is oh hell yeah you know so let's go back and film the crowd watching leonard skinner in 1986 and then let's go 25 years later in 2021 and film the crowd. I will guarantee you that the crowd on average will have gained 50 to 100 plus pounds almost per person. Because mm. everybody was skinny. And if they were heavy, they were just a little thick. Today, that thick person's 330. Mm. You know, that... You know, sort of a little thick girl. Now she's 228 or she's 290. You know, it's like, it's, I, I, I deal with so many, I help so many people who are big. Um, and the first thing I, I get them to understand, it's, it's, it's not, stop beating yourself up because it's not entirely your fault because the food <laughs> that they make today the, that they grow has been genetically changed so i've listened to people you know you know friggin preach from the from the pulpit on how great genetically modified foods change in the world mm -hmm. but it's the same way i listen to democrats or republicans i don't believe in any of that shit yeah you know it's real wrestling wrestling's <laughs> real because <laughs> we tell you it's a show right you know, sometimes you really don't like that other guy, but most times you're best friends. Yeah. Same way those same way those politicians were 
before Trump came along. <laughs> and then Trump, <laughs> Trump, Trump, Trump made them decide. They, they made each other pick sides. Yeah. You know, and, and then the damn Democrats, oh, my God. That's why when my, my mom goes, who are you voting for? Who are you voting for? I go, Mom, I don't believe in politics. I believe in wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that. In, so no, no one can pin me down uh, and say, yeah. oh, you're one of those. Like, nope. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Because I can't control it. And then when they were all upset about Georgia, they spent, I don't know, like $800 million on that on that Senate because it was going to control the Senate, the Senate. And how much could good in these days that are so dark for some people? I mean, I, my buddy lives in L.A., and we don't have this problem in Georgia because we're not, what do they call it, a sanctuary state? Mm-hmm. But if you go down some of the most expensive streets in L.A., and it's one tent after another. Yeah. Like, and we have that in Georgia too, but it's all in areas. But what could they have done to help those people with for, with $800 million that they spent on a Senate race? Yeah. You know? And that's why I don't believe in any of that shit. And, you know, for the people who were like, oh my God, we got to have this whole world's going to change. I go, you know, every time there's always the good and, you know, the red and the blue. So they can argue the whole time. If it's all uh, in this scenario blue, well, let's see what the fuck they do. Mm-hmm, yeah, I'm like I said, all those promises you made, they should all come true. Right. You, you know, there's no one to argue with you, but they'll find a way to make it all bullshit and not do any of the things they said they were going to do. Yeah. You know, so that's why I, I think it's all a joke. Yeah. You know. Let's talk about religion. <laughs> that gets people good. They've only started wars over that. Like, uh, millions of people have died over that. So let's talk about music, bro. Oh, what have man. you been writing lately? Uh, I mean, I wrote a bunch of kind of crazy quarantine songs just because I didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> I thought about, I was telling a buddy of mine, I thought about just kind of doing an acoustic album and just doing some of these old kind of crazy lyric kind of shell silverstein type stuff just kind of off the wall but clever i think you know uh i one reason man i think me and you get along is we both really like all kinds of music i always wondered was it who was it like dusty that got you into country music or was it before that oh dude dude i'm from new jersey i know and I was listening to, to Willie, Whalen, Merle, um, bringing, um, God, uh, trying to think of so many old timers. Uh, I mean, I was listening to uh, David Allen Coe when bringing, you know, people in New Jersey know the hell he was. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I loved country. There's actually, I actually, at 23, was running a, uh, I tried wrestling. I had three matches when I was 23 and I hurt my knee. And I, I same me, I got hit by a car when I was 12. And that like really changed my destiny mm-hmm. on so many levels. And I got I hurt my knee and I got to run this rock and roll joint. And um, it was one bar rock. You know, it was, it was a place, it was a restaurant above 
I made that the Longhorn Saloon. I had saddles for seats at the bar. I wore cowboy hat. <laughs> I wore cowboy hat back then all the time. And, um, and uh, you know, right around that time, 79 is when Urban Cowboy mm-hmm. happened. And, man, I, I wanted to be I wanted to be in the South. I wanted to be uh, I wanted to be in Texas. So I moved to Houston, Texas. Really? And yes, I moved to Houston, Texas. And uh, I got in the I was in the bar business and I got to work with a guy named Bud Reynolds. He called himself the Jewish cowboy. And Bud was from Oklahoma and he was as country as it got. And, uh, and he was a big nightclub owner, like not owner, but he ran them. Um, he would later own them, but, uh, this one was called, um, God, what was it called? Cowboy Saloon. I think it was called Cowboy Saloon. And it was, the dance floor was 5,000 square feet. You know, I mean, this place was probably every bit of 30,000 square feet. And it was, it was a big, fun honky tonk man Mm -hmm. and uh my buddy rick colster who was also from new jersey who loved country music too he came down stayed with me a couple weeks decided to say got a job with me at 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 cowboys and um and we had just had a good old time there he's still there he lives he lives in dallas yeah i would end up going all over the world and ending up in atlanta and i love atlanta you know uh you know, multicultural. I mean, I do love all types of music, but my favorite country artist today, besides you, Andrew, Justin Moore, one of my, one of my very good friends, Darius Rucker, also one of my very good friends. Um, but um, I love Cody Johnson. Got mm-hmm. me, got to hang with him a little bit. Uh, Cody Jenks, yeah. love Cody Jenks. Um, uh, have you heard of this guy on YouTube? His name is Teddy Swims. No, you ever heard of Teddy Swim? No, you should listen to him, dude. I'll this look him dude up. Got soul, man, man, he got soul. Teddy Swims. Um, uh, Teddy Swims. Teddy Swims. And uh, I just thought, I just started working with him. He came up here to work. He wants to drop some weight and. Um, but he is one of the most beautiful voices I've ever heard. I went to, um, I went to, uh, Dominique Wilkins 61st birthday and Teddy was there at the party. And then later on, you know, he played with a guy who just played acoustic Mm -hmm. and he did every type of music that you can, and, and just, he could cut. He, he does his own versions of covers, yeah. but he also does his own music as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, he's a guy. I mean, I, I love listening to him. But you know, when I when I'm getting on my on the mat, you know, I, I've got my whole country mix. And you know, when it's when you know, my, there's there's friends of mine who will do the workout with me to country, and there's a, then there's guys who will just do it to rock. You know, mm-hmm, yeah. or, you know, old school, yeah. you know, 70s, 80s, fun shit, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I, I love Frank Sinatra, man. Oh, I do I love too. Dean Martin. I, lo- I love it all, man. Yeah. I love listening to Eminem and 
Snoop and Dre sometimes too, you know. Uh, Dusty Rhodes was probably, would you say, the most important person in the business? The first most important one before you got with Eric Bischoff and all that history well, was made? He was, he, I would always say that Dusty was, without Dusty Rhodes, there is no Diamond Dallas Page. I'll show you a picture over here. This is me and Dusty in Florida Championship Wrestling 33 years ago. Oh, Can yeah. you see that? I love that. I, great shot yeah where's that at yeah y'all in a bar uh that 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 no that is right here can you see dusty right there yeah did you know who he is singing with right there uh, is it willie you damn right it is i saw the guitar <laughs> I can't, it's small but i saw the guitar strap that, yeah mm. that, that that's that's willie of course there's the nature boy right there oh yeah with me wearing the belt you know yeah i, I kind of say kind of say like i'm I borrowed borrowed it from him for a while, <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, yeah Nate is is amazing cat. Um, yeah. but Dusty, yeah, he uh, he mentored me. I literally just got off the phone with Cody, his really? son Cody Rhodes, and uh, he's just killer. You know, yeah. he's doing great. He's going to be a daddy. Is uh, is uh, his crown jewel Brandy is is uh pregnant with uh their little baby and i hear they're gonna maybe announce that uh soon they don't, you know boy or girl they can do something sure to do something yeah but uh yeah he's uh dusty i dusty was i mean god he guided me in so many ways there, there was just one story it's 94 and the people who don't know I started wrestling when I was 35 and a half. I had been in the business since I tried when I was 23. Like I said earlier, it didn't work out for me. I came back to 31 as a manager and a color comment. First, it was just manager. Dusty would also make me a color commentator. And I was like, Dusty, I, you know, I, I don't want to say I can't do something, but I don't know a wrist lock for a wristwatch, bro. Uh, <laughs> You know, and he said, don't worry about it, kid. Gordon Foley will walk you through it all. And uh, That's great. he did. I learned so much from Gordon Foley. So, you know, Florida Championship Wrestling never really took off the second time in 1988 and 1989. So Dusty had to leave. He put a lot of money into it. And he had to leave and go back to the WWE. And that's when they put the polka dots on him. You know, what a rib by Vince, you know. Let's <laughs> take John Wayne, you know, yeah. Elvis yeah. with a cowboy hat on, and let's really just fuck with him and yeah. throw polka dots on him. Oh, he got that over, too. You know, he got that over big time. But as soon as he got the opportunity and WCW wanted him back to be the booker, mm-hmm. writes the shows, he came back and, you know, and, and that's when he brought me into WCW world championship wrestling. And he also made me a color commentator there and a, um, a manager. And I'll never forget it. Um, when I was doing color commentate with Eric Bischoff, you know, we're fourth string, you know, we're like on the shows that play at two o'clock in the morning in Moose, Moose Breath, Iowa, yeah. you know, 
those those syndicated shows. But um, it was great experience. And um, I was also managing the Freebirds and Scott Hall. At that time, he was called the Diamond Stud. Yeah. And Magnum TA came up to me one day and he said, uh, listen, D, um, Dusty, he don't have the heart to come and tell you this. So he sent me. <laughs> I'm like, what's the matter, man? He goes, we can't let you manage anymore. I'm like, why? Like, what did I do wrong? I mean, I'll fix it. He's like, you know, it's you didn't do anything wrong. It's it's not your fault. He's just like, you know, and that's the best picture I can give you. It's the hair, the <laughs> bling, the clothes. Yeah, you the had diamond all the way. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, the the rap. Yeah, and. I said, Magnum, are you telling me I'm too over the top for professional fucking wrestling? And he's like, like I said, it's not your fault. You know, what we should have done was put you in a pair of tights and boots and see if you could do this. I was 35 and a half. Mm. Man. I had seven months left on my contract. Now, right behind me, and I'll zoom in on this, this is a drawing of a picture of two of my brothers. This is Michael P.S. Hayes and Jimmy Jam Garvey. Can you see that? Yep, the free birds. Okay, the free birds, right. So those sons of bitches would rib the hell out of me nonstop. They loved me, you know, and they had fun with me because I would used to get so pissed off, and it tried to crack me. Like yeah. one time I, we were driving down the road and, you know, we got to drive a hundred, 200, 300 miles, get to the next town, do it all over again. Yeah. Well, my knee, the one I got hit by the car, I walked out in front of the car, hit my right knee. I bounced off the hood and I flew 42 feet from impact on the other side of the street. Mm. So, um, those two guys used to bust my chops all the time. One time I had my leg through like, you know, you the, the armrest you could pull down mm-hmm. in the big bench seats of the car. Yeah. Well, I had my foot through there. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy says, Diamond, why is your foot in the front seat? And I said, well, I was just stretching my knee, Jimmy. He goes, oh, okay. And then he put his lighter under my foot. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, shit like that. Oh, you know? Man. Uh, <laughs> so here, the, here come these two ball busters and I've just been told I've been let go, mm. you know, I'm not from the company, but the next guy to retire who could talk, he's going to take my spot mm-hmm. and my contract will be over and I'll be, and the, the dream will be over. Yeah. And, um, when they came up to me, they were so empathetic. Now these, like I say, two huge ball busters. They're being super empathetic, man. So sorry, bro. I mean, they really mean it. They were heartfelt. They felt bad for me because they knew how much I loved the business. Yeah. And I said, you know what? It's all good. Everything happens for a reason. I said, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I got seven months left of my contract. I'm going down the power plant and I'm going to learn how to wrestle. Mm-hmm. And they looked at each other 
And they burst out laughing mm. so hard that Michael fell down on the ground <laughs> laughing. <laughs> oh, man. And I gave them both the, your number one sign. And so I'll see you in the ring. And here's the beauty of that story. That was in 1990. I want to say one. 1996. Mm. I have a match with the Stinger in January. It was a pretty damn good match. And it really showed how far I'd come. And they never gave me an opportunity to do that with anyone before. And Sting really liked me. And, you know, he, he really gave, I laid it out and he gave it to me. Wow. And uh, we had some great moments out there. And the next day I came home because I'm off on Tuesday. That was actually live on Nitro. So everybody saw it. Yeah. You know, Nitro was so hot right then. Oh, and God, it was about yeah. to get way hotter. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, um, I heard the phone ring and I'm just coming back to grab something quick because I wanted to get to the gym. I mean, I just flown in from wherever we were at and grabbed something. I was running out the door and I heard the phone ring and then I heard Paige, P.S. <laughs> and he started talking. I ran over the phone and pick and I go, Michael, what the fuck, bro? How you doing? Son of a bitch. God damn it. Mother. <laughs> Mike, Mike, what's the matter? You okay? Paige. Son uh -huh. of a bitch. You, you know, sometimes you call at a particular time because you know no one's going to be there because uh -huh. you want to leave a message. <laughs> I said, yeah. Yeah. I said, you want me to hang up so you can call back and leave a message? He's like, no, fuck it. You're on here now. You said, I got to be honest with you, Paige. Saw your match last night. Everybody did. Now, he's he's one of the writers yeah. for WWE at the time. Now he's one of the top guys in the company. But back then, he was one of the top writers. So they watched everything. Yeah. And he's like, we all seen that match, Paige. And I really got to be honest with you. I have never been so happy to eat crow wow. in all my life. He said, you did it, kid. I'm proud of you. Click. <laughs> but that was a moment, you know? Oh, God. It, yeah. was another, it was another moment on the way. Like in my movie, my documentary, Relentless, I talk about from me blowing my back out. Just signed a multi-million dollar three-year deal. End of 1998. And well, I blow my back out so badly. You could say I broke my back. Um, I, 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 I ruptured my L4 and L5. And God gave us this incredible spine and in between the, those vertebrae, God created these things called discs, and they're, they're shock absorbers. It's while, like when you're young and strong, you can fall down. You can get hit by a car. You can, I mean, and, and it still doesn't break them. 
mm-hmm. because there's it's so they're so durable. Yeah. But when you abuse them the way a professional athlete in general, but a professional professional wrestler doesn't have a season off. Right. When we're off, we're hurt. Mm-hmm. We're injured. We're coming back from surgery. That's yeah. when we're off. So when you had the run I had between 96 and 99, I worked 270 plus days a year. That means I got in a plane. I flew to Kansas City. I got off there. I wrestled there. I drove 250 miles to the next town, got a hotel, stayed overnight, got up, went to eat breakfast, went to the gym, went to the building, did my match, hopped in a car, drove 212 miles to the next town, and did it again, and then did it again, then hopped on a plane, flew to TV, did my gig there, got up in the morning, flew home, went to the gym, went to the uh, chiropractor slash applied kinesiologist, went to the deep muscle massage therapy, went to get tan. I'm home at 7 o'clock at night. That's my first day off. Mm. Oh, I'm only home for 37 hours. Maybe I didn't even get home that week. One year when I was doing 97, really 98, because I did so many celebrity matches with Carl Malone and Dennis Rodman. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was me and Malone against Rodman and Hogan, me and Jay Leno against Hogan and Bischoff. Bischoff, yeah. Um, I had to go train those guys. And there's only a limited amount of training that they're going to get. But I was also wrestling in main event cars. Yeah. So I went from training them on the road, on the road back to training them, doing the Tonight Show, doing the Kilborn Show, doing Hollywood Squares. I there was two those ninety seven and ninety eight and ninety nine. Maybe I was home twenty to forty days a year, mm. home. So and beating my body up, not just and you know for being on the road. Being on the road sucks. Yeah. You know, That's rough. if you could be in you know, Star Trek and get beamed to the show, beamed back home, <laughs> that'd be the greatest job in the world. Yeah. But that's not entertainment. That's not being a rock star or a country star or, you know, a professional wrestler. Like, the you know, the NFL, they play 16 fucking games if right. they're lucky. Yeah. You know, basketball, oh, yeah, they got a lot more. They play about 80. They're treated like pimped out gods. Yeah. They carry their bags. They're yeah. flown everywhere. They're driven everywhere. I used to say that we are professional rock stars that were gladiators. Our, uh, Steve Austin threw in, oh, don't forget about truck drivers because we haul all our own shit. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's kind of like the bands early on before the big buses. And, you know, you come off the road, you know, the guys who are fucking doing those big-ass tours, they come home, they're beat to shit. Oh, yeah. Now it's more of a schedule, not today, but before the shit at the fan. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you work maybe, maybe Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you take the bus home. 
you're home Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, boom, you're out again. Or it might just be weekends. But back when Bon Jovi did it, I got a picture of me and him up there. I got a picture of me and him. I've known him since he was 15. I'm one of the first clubs when I was running a big club in Asbury Park that actually booked him. Mm. And I got a picture of him at the beginning of his run when they did 18 straight months. And at the, close to the end of the run, he looks like two different people. One's like, woo, so pumped the beer. And the other's like so exhausted. I can't keep my eyes open, yeah. you know? And that's what it was like. So when I blew my back out, I I had three different spine specialists tell me my career's over. In 1997 and 1998, between Nitro and Thunder, I was probably in 30 to 40 main events. So meaning I'm closing the, the show down yeah. at least 30 to 40 times. As far as pay-per-views, over that 24, uh, 24 different pay-per-views in those two years, I easily headlined 11 of them. Yeah. I made shit money. But that's what my contract was. And I could have renegotiated, or I knew I could have waited and really negotiated mm-hmm. and been that friggin' player you got to sign. And that's what I did. Well, now I blew my back out. If I don't wrestle in six months, this contract's gone. So I got to get back in that ring. And I'm the guy who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga the first 42 years of my life. But when you start wrestling at 35, the one thing you're, I'm the first guy to ice his knees in professional. I ice mm. my knees, ice my back every single time I get out of the ring. If I thought I was feeling too good, I don't need that today. I woke up the next morning like the Tin Man. And I learned you ice your knees. Like the NFL, NBA, their players out until they ice their body down. Take down the inflammation. Because those guys are all thoroughbred, you know, they're all thoroughbred athletes. Yeah. You know, you got to keep them as, you know, they've got millions of dollars invested in them. Sure. So I was doing everything to hold back the hands of time. But I wouldn't do yoga because I had that stigma yeah. chick thing yeah. in my head. Besides the rehab, I I have to do it. And I my it was my wife at the time who like bullied me into it. My first ex-wife, who's one of my best friends still, and she's one of my business partners uh in DDPY. But um she like convinced me. This can really help you. Reluctantly, I went down there and went through a couple of VHS tapes. No, no, no. Okay, I'll try this, guys. And there was no modifications. So it was really challenging for me, but it made me figure out modifications. Yeah. And within three weeks, I started to feel a real difference. And then I started, why don't I mix the rehab I'm doing? Because I've rehabbed both shoulders, both knees because of surgery. Now I'm rehabbing my back. They're showing me these things to stabilize my core, strengthen my core. I go, wow, wouldn't they look work amazingly with the yoga positions I'm doing? Uh-huh. So I integrated them both. And then I threw in old school calisthenics that we all grew up with. Push-ups, crunch, crunch, uh, crunches, squats. You know, in a slow burn movement, 
because that's how I had to move. And then I added dynamic resistance, which is just isometrics. Like you're pushing and you're engaging and flexing and then moving is called isokinetics. I call it all dynamic resistance. And what happens is every time you flex or engage a muscle, your heart has to be faster to get the blood to the muscle. That's just chemistry, like science. Sit down, lay down, your heart rate is the lowest. Mm-hmm. Sit up, your heart rate goes up. Stand, your heart rate goes up. Walk up, mm-hmm. jog, run, sprint, boom, 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 boom. I figured out how to do that standing still. Yeah. By by accident. By the time three months had come, I created something that I call today DDPY. But back then, it was yoga for normal people. Um, Kick-ass cardio, dramatically increase your flexibility, strengthen your core at a different level, all with minimal joint impact. Mm -hmm. In less than three months, I was back in the ring. At 42, they said my career's over. At 43, I'm awarded that world heavyweight championship title. Now, that's like our Oscar in professional wrestling. And I'd go on to have it three different occasions, and it would push me one step closer to being a Hall of Famer. If I don't do my program, it never happens. And what ended up happening is I decide around 2004, I'm going to take this and I'm going to share this with people and I'm going to make it a business. And I wrote a book about it with a buddy of mine, Dr. Uh, Craig Aaron. And um, it it was really fun. It was a fun book, a little tongue in cheek. Uh, Mm -hmm. We called it yoga for regular guys. And uh, it was regular dudes and smoking hot looking women. <laughs> Cause that's really what it was back then. Uh, but then as a turn, I used to say most yogis very dumb stay. Why are G way more TNA? <laughs> and you know, people laugh, but I, as women started to love the workout, the TNA became tone and attitude. Yeah. And the book became a DVD series. It became a platform series that I put together with books and everything and it did well and then but not make really make me any money like money like enough to keep it going i figure i was five hundred and forty eight thousand dollars in until eight years when arthur borman's video went viral oh and that was the beginning of changing not just my life but everyone's life around me and today we're a multi-million dollar company and today um we've got over a hundred thousand people on our app uh we've got you know we sell hundreds of thousands of dvds still today which blows my mind because all the app has like everything you've seen it yeah but i've got it the journey to the journey to get here is insane yeah like like there's plenty of times where I second guess myself and, you know, put my last hundred grand in. And so there's so many things that happen. And 
anybody who wants to really be inspired, like you want to watch the resurrection of Jake the Snake first Absolutely. if you haven't seen it. Yeah. And then you want to watch you want to watch Relentless because mm -hmm. Relentless will make you too believe that you can do it. But yeah. how hard are you willing to put the work in? Yeah. You know, what are you willing to do to keep recreating yourself? Because the first, you know, the, as a as a manager, it was easy to be Diamond Dallas Page. As a wrestler, you had to find that character that people believed in. And the funny thing is, when I stopped trying to be, you know, my real name before I changed it to Dallas Page, like um, John Wayne changed his name to John Wayne. I think uh, well, his first name was Marion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Imagine that getting over, yeah. you know, the Duke <laughs> right. plays Marion. Um, but, and you ever seen that son of a bitch when he was young? Oh, yeah. He was stupid yeah. handsome. Yeah. Stupid handsome. Um, but uh you know, once once Paige Joseph Falkenberg trying to be this bigger than life wrestling persona, Diamond Dallas Page, and Diamond Dallas Page started taking on the characteristics of Paige Joseph Falkenberg. And when that happened, man, my career took off like a rocket. But it was really everything that I had done along the way. And that's why DDP Yoga, or better known as DDPY, and I'm branding it that way because I want people to stop calling it just fucking yoga because <laughs> it's not. Yeah. You know? No, and I, I don't want to be in that box, mm -hmm. you know? And and if they watch Relentless, they, they, they'll be inspired incredibly. If they're an entrepreneur, yeah. it should be forced watching. Because if you're going to be an entrepreneur – in business for yourself, an artist like yourself, you got to keep believing. Yeah. If you don't believe, nobody believes. And that's one thing I've always wondered is how do you keep that positive attitude all the time? Did you, I mean, a long time ago, did you feel like you set out to prove something to yourself that you could do it because so many people doubted you because you were in your thirties and, you know, or did you really believe that it was going to happen? Well, there was stages. First of all, when people tell me what I can't do, I'm going to tell you how I will. Right. You know, and I'll close it with this. The repetitions of affirmations leads to belief. And once that belief becomes a deep conviction, things begin to happen. Now, do you have any idea who said that quote? No. Okay. Let me just break it down first. The repetitions of affirmations. That could be really negative. Oh, man, I'm never going to get this gig. Fuck. I suck at this. Oh, man. I'm like, I'm a, a food Food is my food is my, my comfort food. That's mm -hmm. why I eat this way. You know, I don't care shit. what it is, what negative bullshit you're running through your brain. If that's what you believe. That's what you will achieve. Yeah. There's no better quote in the middle of this one than if you say you can or you say you can't, you're right. Henry Ford said that, mm. but what the hell did he ever do? <laughs> you know? So back to the repetition of affirmations, when I received my Hall of Fame ring and I was brought out on stage, right before that had happened, 
the day before, Foz, one of the writers, came up to me. DDB, I'm here to help you with your speech. Hmm. I said, the day before? I said, Foz, do you think I didn't write this like <laughs> over the last three months? Yeah. And he's like, well, can I hear it? He goes, what did you keep it, around 10, 15 minutes? <laughs> I said, this one's 27. Oh, dude, that's too long. No one gets to go over 15. I went back that night instead of going out, and I rewrote it. Mm. And he called me up in the morning. Can I come up and hear it? I said, well, dude, I'm not finished rewriting it. He said, no, you're original. I said, sure. He laughed. The impressions, all the shit. You want to see a great speech? Acceptance speech? 2017. I'm the first one out of the gate. Eric Bischoff gives me an amazing introduction. Yeah. Bottom line is, he heard that speech. He said, let me talk to Kevin Dunn, who's the producer. He called me up. He said, D, they're putting you on first. Don't go over 30. So now I put all this pressure on me. So that could have really got in my head. Yeah. I hadn't been in front of 22,000 people speaking and millions and millions watching. I've been there. Yeah. You know what? I could have been in my head with that. And like, what if my iPad, it's got my notes on it. What if that freezes? What if it, what if it just stops working? What if I lose place? I can't remember. Like if those, if those thoughts are running through your brain, you're fucked. Yep. This is the only voice, the only voice in my brain. This is going to be my greatest night ever in professional wrestling. I'm going to blow everyone away. I'm going to make them laugh. I'm going to make them cry. I'm going to inspire them. The only voice that I allow in my head, period. And when I walked out there, it was the best thing I've ever done. Beth uh, Copeland, Beth Phoenix, better known as, the Glamazon, went in the same year I did. Her husband and I are really tight. And she came up to me. She was on fourth. And when I came backstage, she walked up to me and she said, thank you so much. She said, I was getting in my head and I just watched your speech. I'm going to kill this. <laughs> I can't wait to get out there now. She yeah. goes, you totally changed what she was thinking in her own head, that voice. The repetitions of affirmations leads to belief. And once that belief becomes a deep convict, a deep conviction, things begin to happen. Now, I'm going to tell you what that guy said. Because when I read that, and then I saw his name, like who wrote it? Who's the guy who said, who's the guy who said it? I knew exactly what his affirmation was. And this was it. I am the greatest. I'm the greatest of all time. 
I float like a butterfly, I sting like, like a, a bee. bee. Truly the one and only Muhammad Ali. Yes, sir. I mean, as soon as you heard that, I'm the greatest. Mm. You knew exactly who it was. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How do you know that, Andrew? Oh, because he said it a billion fucking times? Repetition. Repetition. So when you ask me how I got through all these things, part of it is that. The next part is I got on the mat and I know how good my body feels when I get on that mat and when I get off that mat. I can't tell you how many times I left the gym after hitting them weights and go, man, why did I do that to my shoulder? Oh, damn. Doing squats. Why did I do that to my back? Oh, my knee, my knee, my elbow. I can't tell you how many times I left the gym like that. Because more weight, more weight, more weight. I have never gotten off the mat and went, boy, wish I didn't do that. Mm. Never. And exercise in general de-stresses you. My exercise, my workout, it gives you confidence. So everything that I've been teaching my whole life comes into this. Yeah. And anybody who's watching, you want to check it out, go to, go to, go to Amazon prime. If you don't have it and you haven't ever ordered from Amazon, you can sign up for 30 days for free and cancel right after you watch the uh, the resurrection of Jake the Snake and Relentless, and uh, they'll both they'll both make you believe, and they both will help set you in a much better spot, especially with all this crazy quarantine COVID bullshit. That's right. Good to see you, man. I appreciate so, you doing this. Been a while since we hey, talked. Man. Good, Good to, talk to catch to you. up, my brother. Yeah, man, I'm glad you're Good doing to well. Catch up. Hope you keep doing well and just keep killing it, man, and being an inspiration. Well, got you covered, brother. Talk soon, all right? All right, man. All right. See ya. Bang. <laughs> now, Andrew, I hooked you up with the app, right? You did. Okay, it's making sure. It's making sure. Yes, sir, you did. I've been. And when I tell you. It'll help. It'll help you. It'll help you burn off some of that stress, because I know not going out and playing. You know, God bless me. You know, to be in the spot I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's, as you know, it's a long road, oh, a yeah. long road to hope. Yeah. And you know, I don't know how many years Stapleton was doing it, but you know. That motherfucker, like he came out of nowhere, but I know he'd been doing it for got to have been 10 years before it happened, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'd been around a while. Been around Nashville a while. And then all of a sudden, boom. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's one of the greatest. And he is. He is. You know, man. and he can do I'm anything. A huge fan. All right, brother. Listen, 
I got to go to my next meeting. <laughs> yeah, man. Keep the meetings lined up, brother. Oh, dude. I fucking, I, I'll tell you right now, but I'm going to be 65 in April. Mm. Before I'm 67, I will be an A-list actor. I got a new show coming out on Netflix. Really? And that could do it for me right there. We'll see. Uh, 2021 is called Guardians of Justice. Okay. And uh, it's super dark superhero um great story um pretty interesting bro that's awesome so, man check check it out keep me posted all right bud all right man hey, you've been watching picking it out and we'll see you next time